What's up? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Podcast. This week, I'm just going to go over how sneaker retailers have helped with the coronavirus. But first, on today I'm recording April 11th, I tried for the Yeezy 700 Alva. And it's the first Yeezy I've tried for in some time, maybe since the Turtle Doves. Really haven't been a big fan of the Yeezy colorways and silhouettes like the Turtle Dove, like the 750. But since then, just really hasn't struck my interest until this recent 700 V3 Alva. And I was 0 for 10. I forgot how difficult these Adidas Yeezy releases could be. And it made me wonder. I was on Yeezy Supply and it was just loading and waiting. I was on Adidas, it was loading and waiting. Shop Nice Kicks, Concepts, Ubic Lab, Livestock, and a plethora of other sites. But the thing I kept coming back to is I just don't like the style of the Yeezy release or the Adidas and Yeezy Supply release. I'm not a huge fan of the waiting room concept, you know, foot action or foot locker sites, FTL sites. I like that you can add to cart and then, you know, it cues it or you keep hitting add to cart and having to refresh until it's in there. And you at least you're staying active and engaged, but there's something about just looking at the loading icon or symbol while trying to get the sneakers that just isn't fun for me. And that's kind of the purpose of sneakers and going for sneaker releases. And my eyes is the kind of the, the fun of the hunt. And I think that's why I prefer the Nike sneakers method, right? I get up at 6.55 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And just to enter this waiting room that I have to be constantly watching for, you know, every minute or every 45 seconds it updates. Because if I go away for five minutes and it's allowed me into the room and now it's kicked me back out for inactivity... I just don't, I don't get that purpose, right? I understand it's trying to defeat bots, but when you look at Nike sneakers, I'd much rather get up at 6.55, have an hour window to enter the raffle, and then enter the raffle, I can go back to sleep. And if I wake up two hours later, I go on a run, I just put my phone down. I have the ability just to purchase the shoes. But I did think it would be cool if Adidas or Yeezy had a live count just to understand the sheer volume that they're getting on the website. And I understand how that can be iffy from a business standpoint, because if the volume doesn't match the hype, then you can kind of kill the hype a little bit, but it would be cool to see if while you're in the waiting room, you could see the droves of, you know, 250,000 people. And then a certain size goes out and you see it go down to 220,000 people. Then it shoots back up to 350,000 people as time progresses or whatever that may be would be at least some fun activity to watch while you're in those waiting rooms. But I just don't like that style. And that's something I realized this morning going over 10 on the Yeezys. Um, maybe there's another colorway that'll come out down the line, but for now, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not upset about it. It's $200 that, you know, I have enough sneakers. So this was just another opportunity, but saves me $200 to go towards something else um, or put it into savings or put it into a nice dinner, whatever it may be. And I figured I'd just give you my opinions on that because that's what was relevant on top of mind. But let's get into the main subject of today's topic, how sneaker retailers are helping the coronavirus.
So also today that I record, April 11th, it's 30 days without the NBA. The playoffs are supposed to start in one week, and they aren't. The coronavirus obviously has grown dramatically, exponential growth. If you look at all the charts, you can see how quick it spreads. And from the jump, retailers have been trying to help flatten the curve and think about the safety of their employees and their community, their customers, their families and everything in between. And a lot of these companies have handled it extremely different. And so I picked out some of the bigger stories here that I found interesting and how that these companies are helping with the coronavirus relief and pandemic and how this may help them down the line. So first I wanna look at vans. Typically you don't have vans jump right out of you, but I thought what they were doing was a super cool concept and essentially what they're taking is their van slip-on they've worked with around 88 to 100 local small independent skate shops and retailers and customized the slip-on with their logo aesthetic and theme and allowed their community to purchase that on vans.com and once purchased those proceeds a portion of them will go to help those businesses who are closed currently due to, you know, staying home policies and the quarantine. And so if you had a skate shop that's on that site, you could go purchase that slip on, which in some aspects would be pretty limited, um, kind of a historic thing to look back on and also help out your local shop. And I thought that was a cool way for vans to step out and help some of its original contracts and bring some people into the Vans community. Because if you are an avid skater or into that scene and you're constantly going to your local skate shop and now you have a piece of memorabilia, merch, shoes from your shop that you know is directly affecting them, you may be more likely to help them in the future understanding what they went through and feel a better part of that community. Then we have Under Armour. And it's no secret that Under Armour has been struggling in the past financially, trying to gain a foothold in the American sneaker market. You know, it's great for performance sports apparel, but the sneaker market just hasn't necessarily worked out for them, especially with Curry being out of the spotlight this NBA season. But I was pleasantly surprised on how they stepped up to the plate. Essentially what they did is One, they closed all their stores with pay for the, you know, foreseen future for their employees. So that helps flatten the curve by shutting the doors. It's a big financial hit for them. Then they decided to also donate $2 million, which some people go, oh, it's not a lot of money, but $2 million is $2 million and it's going to help out in some sort of way. And this donation was to help, you know, local food banks. Uh, for medical equipment, the communities, and things of that nature. And then the thing they also capitalize on being a performance apparel dominant business is they launched their Healthy at Home 30-Day Challenge. So essentially you could download the MyFitnessPal or MyRunPal that's owned by Under Armour, and they curated 30 at-home workouts to do every day since your gym's closed or maybe your local facility's closed. You can't really go outside. So they gave you 30 at-home exercises, which is another great initiative for people to connect with an external product of theirs 
because I'm sure there's a large number of people who downloaded that app that didn't have it before, just looking for a simple at-home workout to stay healthy and stay in shape. Then they did have to lay off some employees and their board of directors cut their own salaries by 25%, which is very difficult in times for Under Armour where they're financially struggling. And, you know, those employee layoffs definitely are detrimental, but it is something that is necessary for them to stay in a competitive atmosphere in the long run, because this could really affect companies like Under Armour where I haven't heard too many people about going to Under Armour for sales online or looking for any products from Under Armour. Um, and that's another portion of revenue. Your in-store traffic's closed down, not a lot of online traffic. You're still paying employees while they're at home. So your sources of income are struggling. But what they did do is decided to help create and produce no-so face mask. And this is prior to the CDC's recommendation that everyone has a face mask. And this allows them to keep their factories open and keep up with stock levels and new products, but also help out the communities in need and the frontline workers where these masks are going to. So it could be the local Baltimore area where Under Armour is headquarters at. And so overall, Under Armour stepped up to the plate, even though they didn't have to go the length they did. Once again, the side of goodwill is going to attract a certain customer base and potentially help them in the long run because people know that they handled the situation well and had faith in how they treat their employees, which is going to be a big trend moving forward after the coronavirus and how these companies treated their employees and their customers during these tough times. After that, we have New Balance, which New Balance was the first to openly start producing and working on face mask. And then they're also working on medical gowns, foot coverings, and more to help frontline workers and starting with these face masks for the public to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And if you don't know the purpose of the face mask, right, it isn't going to protect you from getting sick. It's going to protect you from spreading it if you are sick. So it's more of a preemptive measure because some people are asymptomatic and may not be showing the symptoms that if they go to the grocery store or an essential business, they aren't accidentally spreading respiratory droplets um, or breathing into recirculated air or stale air and passing that on to someone else. Their goal is to make around 100,000 mask a week and potentially bump that up. In addition to pumping out 100,000 masks per week, they've donated about $2 million. So overall, they're moving in a very positive way with New Balance having a very solid American made in America stance is helping their American community and customer base extraordinarily. And they came out with this really cool advertisement that was making shoes yesterday, making masks today. And I thought it was really clever on how they work that and how it looked. And even the masks have that New Balance feel and they're definitely unique. And I could see, you know, people wanting to purchase these or donate these and help their local communities. So I think it was a great part. And I think ultimately what 
New Balance did here was all companies were working to help in some sort of way, but I think New Balance spurred people on by being the first to actively come out and say, yes, we are making masks for our local communities and we're looking to produce this much so we can help as quick as possible. And I think this kicked other companies into gear like Under Armour and like Nike to start producing this protective equipment. But before I get to Nike, I want to go to a brand who just really fumbled this coronavirus situation. Essentially, knowing what we know now and how it was at the time of this decision, it was kind of a layup. However, Adidas, unfortunately, didn't take or make the layup, right? So all retailers start closing their stores. You know, Nike, New Balance, Under Armour, Foot Locker. A lot of these large retailers have closed stores, decided to pay their employees. However, Adidas comes out and advertises a memo that says, closing is easy, staying open requires courage, which was met with a huge amount of backlash, essentially saying, yeah, we could close, but if we stay open, we can get more sales, even though we're putting our employees at risk of catching the coronavirus or the sickness or accelerating the spread within our stores. And yeah, they caught a huge amount of backlash, especially after the day before Nike had announced that they're closing their stores and their employees would pay for the foreseeable future. Adidas says, now let's stay open. You know, let's get a couple more sales while everyone's closed. And obviously people just didn't agree with that. And then 24 hours later, they pivoted. They said, oh yeah, we're going to close. And still people are like, okay, like you already messed that up. Of course you're going to close. And now you've just double backed on staying, closing is easy. Staying open requires courage. So are you saying that you guys aren't courageous now? And it was a whole storm there. And then they released something saying that they're going to pay their employees for their scheduled hours, which no one was really 100% sure about. I'm sure they've upgraded that to, you know, the foreseeable futures based on your average amount of hours worked per week during a certain period um, of time as an employee. But it was another weird thing that people were questioning. It's like, what do you mean for scheduled hours? That means if I'm scheduled, you know, for our schedule's only out for the next two or three weeks. I'm only getting paid for those two or three weeks. What does this really mean? And then out of nowhere, Adidas in Germany tried to take advantage of a rent deferral law. And essentially what Germany had done was say, you don't have to pay rent for the month of April as you know a brick and mortar business or a small business that doesn't have the funds to pay their rent. And so Adidas then says, okay, we're not going to pay rent for our retailers. And obviously Adidas being a multi-billion dollar corporation should have the funds to pay their rent. They aren't a local sneaker shop by any means. They aren't a small mom and pop shop by any means. And citizens in Germany and across the world, once again, kind of were confused by this and weren't happy with a mega corporation trying to take advantage of these rent deferral laws. And to play devil's advocate, this just may be a communication difference or a ideology difference between, you know, Adidas, an international brand headquartered in Germany versus, you know, you look at their competitors, 
who are headquartered in America for the most part, how that common sense translates a little bit different. And they did end up reverting these changes. They are paying rent in Germany, close their stores, they're paying their employees. And then what was surprising is that they're utilizing their Futurecraft 4D technology, so their industrial 3D printing technology, to offer 3D printed personal protective equipment or PPE masks to medical and frontline workers. And these definitely have a cool look to them. I mean, they're regular PPE mask. They have the giant lens shield in the front to block, you know, droplets from patients or coughs into the face of frontline workers. Then they're using that Futurecraft 4D 3D printing model to create a comfortable band that goes on the forehead for those workers who are working, you know, some 16 or 20 hour shifts with a high demand for nurses and doctors and medical staff at this time. So I applaud Adidas for utilizing that technology that they have at scale, 3D printing in an industrial grade to help the medical profession. Then on an opposite note, what I thought was cool to help those in, you know, hospitals who are on their feet for long periods of time, 16 to 20 hours, you have Brooks running and they are looking to donate 10,000 pairs of shoes to medical workers, you know, 10,000 pairs of shoes. You could say, oh, they could donate more. They could donate more money, whatever it is. But that's a ton of shoes, especially from a high quality performance running brand to donate to people on their feet for long periods of time. Because that's where if you aren't familiar with Brooks or Hoka or other high performance running shoes, they essentially, the difference here is they're made for people who supinate or pronate, needs or an arch support, heel cushion, this, that, and a third, who care and, you know, monitor their feet, similar to Asics, as opposed to when you look at, you know, Nike and Adidas, one of their biggest downfalls is since they have such a large customer base and a mass production, those insoles you get are just basically flat pieces of cardboard without any foot support, um, or arch support. And that's why it's important to put insoles into your Nike or Adidas shoes when you can. And so Brooks is offering these high quality shoes. That's definitely going to help people's feet who are hurting for long periods of time and that swelling and breathability to these medical workers. So another great feat from another great sneaker company. But lastly, I think who has taken charge of the coronavirus relief efforts has been Nike. First off, they came out and have donated $17 million so far. Once again, there's going to be people like, oh, Nike makes so much. Why don't they donate more? I mean, $17 million, once again, is $17 million to go to the local community, their community surrounding their factories, medical workers at OHSU, international efforts, food banks, community centers, etc. And so that's a big boost that those areas weren't getting elsewhere, right? Then they decided that they would match their employee donations two to one if an employee does donate to a certain nonprofit organization up to a certain amount. So, you know, another very little thing, but if an employee decides to donate $5, Nike decides to donate and match and go 10, that's $15, um, $10 coming that wouldn't have been there. So that's definitely beneficial as well. They obviously close their stores and are paying their employees. And one of the cool things they did for, you know, the manufacturing and shipment centers is one, 
They've obviously deep cleaned their headquarters preemptively. They took a couple of days off of their Memphis shipping facility to deep clean after some employees potentially contracted COVID and took those precautions. But they've also, for those areas that are still open, they've relaxed the schedule, work on a little bit more flexibility, and kind of stagger employee schedules to meet those demands so they aren't overworking their employees. They aren't overpopulating those areas. They're maintaining regulations, protocols, so that those orders that are going out from their online sales aren't contaminated when they get to someone's doorstep. And then recently, they also announced that they're going to manufacture personal protective equipment. And this is the full face shield with the lens in the front for healthcare workers. And what they did essentially is they repurposed some polyurethane from their factories, some padding, cords, and other various materials from their sneakers and apparel, and pushed this into their PPE shields. So once again, another way to donate those, and they're going to donate those to local, you know, in my area, Portland OHSU, which is the premier hospital in the state. And I believe also up to Washington as well to help give them more medical supplies that are running short. And overall, that's how sneaker companies are helping relieve medical industries, local communities, build a continue to support their customer base through these donations and equipment advancements. And I think in the long run, when you look at it, how this is beneficial to them is if you see a company who's treated their employees like trash, hasn't stepped, you know, a foot into the door to help out, you may look at that being more, you know, socially conscious after coronavirus because everyone's going to be looking at it that way and how people were treated during mass layoffs, how people were treated during these quarantine times, you know, how companies responded. And Nike has stepped up, Adidas ended up stepping up, New Balance, Brooks, Under Armour, Vans are continuing to make sure that they're helping the customer first and business second. So I hope you guys enjoyed that portion. After the break here, I'm going to hop over to some cool content and upcoming sneaker releases. Keeping Stock can be found on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, and much more. Make sure to like us, favorite, or rate us on your favorite podcast platform, along with following Keeping Stock. That way you can be notified each and every Sunday when a new episode is uploaded and you're in touch for the newest content, potential giveaways, and interviews. So make sure to follow us on your favorite platform. So this week's cool content, uh, just some stuff that I found while working at home and came across my Twitter feed or maybe I was watching on Netflix. The first thing I wanted to applaud was this brilliant initiative that brick and mortar apparel sneaker boutique Lapson and Hammer is putting on. They've partnered with the Philly Pledge to help the proceeds from their raffles charity raffles go to the local Philadelphia coronavirus relief efforts. So right now, the raffles that they had up was the Yeezy 700 V3 Alva and the Core Purple Air Jordan 1. And so what you could do was go through their special link and leave a supporting comment for those on who needed it in the front line, um, local businesses, etc. And or 
you could donate. Donating wasn't required or mandatory, but leaving a comment was. You left a comment for the shoe you wanted, a supportive message. Then you could also donate 5, 10, 15, 20, etc. dollars to help out the local Philadelphia relief efforts. And as of today, in the first 24 hours, they've already raised $4,000 from the community, which is another phenomenal feat. $4,000 that wouldn't have been there if they didn't take the initiative otherwise. So I applaud them for doing that. I'll continue to, to monitor that status because I think it's a, a great idea to, you know, help your local customers, help the people that they're serving on a daily basis by giving, you know, a little boost in areas that they can. In terms of entertainment this week, uh, during the quarantine, we started to pick up La Casa de Papel, um, also known as Money Heist, and it's been a phenomenal show. It's one of the better shows I've seen in a long time. It's definitely a, a ride. It'll keep you on your edge of your seat. However, I would recommend to watch it subbed, so with subtitles. I wouldn't watch it dubbed. That just kind of ruins the emotion and tension and, you know, character development because it's not going to match the actors. I would say it's very similar to Ozarks, um, if you've seen that, or very similar to Dark, if you've seen that, both on Netflix, and just a great quarantine watch, um, and we're kind of coming down the home stretches. The fourth season has just come out, and it's probably been a, as equal, if not more, of a wild ride than the first couple seasons so far, so I'm looking forward to how that ends. I also, this week, received my Pusha T Oswegos from Adidas, and they're excellent in hand. I would definitely would recommend going up half a size if you can, um, as they are a little snug, but sorry, I take that back. Not go up half a size, come down half a size as they are kind of can be large with the neoprene. Um, they're a little bit wider in the toe box. And then lastly, I think I'm going to start picking up cooking. I saw binging with Babish post a tutorial on how to deep fry chicken with Hattie B's recipe from a very similar recipe from Hattie B's in Nashville, which I've been to once and it was by far the best fried chicken I've ever had. So I'm going to test that out. Um, and just love to see all this stuff coming out during this quarantine times to push me towards other goals, try out some, you know, eventually new recipes, try out new TV shows. In this case, find take advantage of a sale to purchase a sneaker that I've been thinking about for at least five to six months now. So, very happy with all that. And now, let's move on to upcoming releases. So, these upcoming releases are going to be for April 13th through the 19th. So, Monday through Sunday. On the 13th, we have the Nike Air Zoom Spirit on Cage 2, which was also just collaborated with Stussy, and a Bone Fossil colorway in a black. These are just going to be a Varsity Red and a Metallic Silver coming out on the 13th. On the 16th, we have the Air Jordan 4 Women's Rasta Carnival. Kind of reminds you of Do the Right Thing. I really like this colorway. It is in woman sizing, and you know it may go up to a 14 in women's. However, I'm just going to let these ones go by. Um, typically, when a woman's release comes out, I don't necessarily try for it. I mean, men get so many colorways that women don't. So when there is a woman's colorway, I'll definitely let, you know, them try to get their size before I enter the market on release day. Maybe if it's open down the line, maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I won't. But that's Air Jordan 4 Women's Rasta Carnival on the 16th. We also have 
a Puma Ralph Sampson low in the vintage white and dazzling blue on the 16th. I think, you know, Puma makes a great low top sneaker that's great for all occasions, whether it's casual, you can dress it up, um, and they're relatively inexpensive. So I've been looking for a pair of Puma Clydes for a little while, and maybe I'll pull the trigger here pretty soon because they're running some great sales. Just got to find the right color, uh, but definitely looking to add a Puma to my collection. We have the Nike Air Max 2090 in wolf gray, which I'm still not sold on the shoe. It just looks a little clunky to me. However, there's some big Air Max fans out there. So that's the wolf gray coming on the 16th. If you're one of those Air Max people, we get the Air Jordan 34 lows. Always love the Air Jordan performance models, I'll say, from, you know, 27 on in the low top versions. So the 34, if the price gets right, I might use these for a new outdoor basketball sneaker because I do enjoy low tops um, and especially the 34. I really like the performance of these in the reviews. So it's something I'll keep on my radar. That comes out on the 16th. We also see the Nike KD 13 come out on the 17th. To be honest, I'm gonna need to see a lot more colors, that, well, colorways of these because this really hasn't done it for me so far. Kind of looks like the Kobe AD, the first one that came out. And you know, it's just not for me. I'm typically a KD fan, but this 13 just looks a little too safe for me. Um, and I'm just not, a, it just looks kind of clunky on court, but we'll wait to see the reviews before I make a final judgment. That comes out on the 17th. We also get the LeBron 17 in the Command Force colorway. Kind of looks like Fruity Pebbles to me. Um, mostly white with the multicolor um, knit texture on the back. We see the Nike LeBron 17 low in metallic gold on the 17th as well. And then finally on the 18th, we see the Air Jordan 6 DMP, which has been postponed a plethora of times. And it's primarily black with hits of gold. And I'm going to try to purchase these on the 18th. Will I be able to? Will I be successful? We'll find out. Um, but something that's been on my radar for a while since it's been rumored. Uh, and I hope to get my hands on it. So we'll see how that goes. That comes out on the 18th. And I do believe those will be around $200 retail. And then we see another Yeezy come out on the 18th. That's going to be the linen colorway, the 350 V2. That's a that's going to be a pass for me. And that's the upcoming releases for the next week. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'll catch you next week. Make sure to subscribe. Comes out every Sunday. And I'll see you guys later.